StravaCraft is the CBD-infused coffee that you can purchase in K-Cups for your Keurig, but they also have you covered with whole bean or ground coffee as well. You can purchase it now online for 20% off when you use code DNVR20. They also will ship straight to your door. It's been helped known to help out long-term migraines, decreasing anxiety, arthritis, IBS, and many other things as well. You can also try it around Denver at a number of different locations if you want to try before you buy. Just remember to use code DNVR20 for that 20% off when you purchase. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole, a left by Cole this time! Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen! Shoots and scars! Nathan McKinnon! Call JT Comfer! 877 goes now! Gabriel Landeskog! Collective hugs! 29 and 92! Save me by Grubauer! Move over, Picasso! This piece of art is by McKinnon, my goodness gracious! <laughs> Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You already know I'm sipping on a Breckenridge Brewery Avalanche Amber Ale in celebration for the Avs. Check them out for yourself. They have two convenient locations in Centennial and Highlands Ranch. And Davidson's does taste tests every weekend on Friday and Saturday if you want to try out something new just to get a feel for it. They also have an app which you can download and sign up for their loyalty program with to get amazing deals. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Hayfley. The Avs have won five straight games, capping it off tonight with a win over the Carolina Hurricanes 3-2. As per usual, a whole bunch of scoring from some unexpected sources for the Avs. AJ, what'd you make of this game? It's a weird game. Um, Two teams having some injury issues. Um, both missing... I guess technically they're starting goaltender, um, at least technically for the Avs. You know, Pavel Francouz might be taking that job right now. Yep. But um, kind of an odd game, you know. Uh, the The flow of it didn't really seem like it was there. And to be honest with you, Colorado just kind of got dominated. For yeah. much of this game, they got dominated it seemed like and i don't know why this is i don't know why this happens um but they they got rolled up until there was there was like uh the first like 10 minutes of the game where they played pretty well and then after uh after they tied it i really liked how colorado played they had like a decent five minute stretch in the second period too. I would yeah, say right around when they scored. Right. Um, exactly. They had a nice, a couple of minutes where it was like, yeah, looking good now. All right. Maybe they're going to get into this. And then Carolina was like, no, nah, we're just going to stomp you guys. And Carolina was their classic, very high quantity, not always the best quality on the shot side of things. So, I mean, they ended up putting up 47 shots in the game. Yeah. So they did have the puck enough to shoot the puck that much. We'll put it that way. Um, 
the abs i you know it was a weird game like you said i don't think their top six really did much at all for them through the majority of the game so they they leaned on their depth at a lot of the time and it got the job done talking about colorado you're yes. saying you're saying they. okay i want to make sure yeah i switched halfway through there yeah my <laughs> just wanted to make sure i'm on the same page man yeah uh really their their top line wasn't wasn't any good tonight um you know nathan mckinnon gabe landeskog they each had they each had moments but on the whole got buried they were they were bad they were weak defensively they were very they were way too casual um gave up Way too many scoring chances. Uh, they really they looked almost apathetic at times, and I had a I have a pretty big I have a pretty big issue uh, with the way that that top line when it's not rolling, the the way that it tries to coast its way through games and get by uh, by making a great play. And you know what? It worked again tonight because Gabe Landeskog comes up with the play of the night to to Sam Gerrard at the very end, but. You wait until seventeen forty six or whatever it was that they scored at, um, to 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 show up and do some do the good works. It's for, you, you you probably didn't deserve to win. Honestly, I would say Colorado did not deserve to win. But this is you know what you get and what you deserve in life uh, are often very very different things. And you know when it, it came down to execution, and Colorado executed one more time than Carolina did. As the the resident post counter, the Avs were due for the other team to hit three posts in a game. So a little bit of a luck or or the Avs catching a break or whatever you want to call it there. Mm -hmm. I I think the Avs have certainly put their time in, and this might be a bit of a balancing the scales as much as anything else, to be honest. Yeah, and I put it out on Twitter about halfway through the third period, maybe a little bit before that, that it felt this felt like the exact opposite of the Columbus game from earlier this month, yeah. where Colorado was just laying it on them, and they were just hitting posts and getting all of the bad bounces, uh, and, and you know, that was a one nothing game, uh, whereas the Avs had a 2 nothing lead in this one that they ended up giving away. But, whew. Yeah, they didn't make it easy, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, they, they, you know what, and I don't, I don't feel like it happens so much that it's any kind of a negative thing to say, look, they got lucky tonight. They got their breaks. Yep. You gotta they get did. lucky to win sometimes. So yeah, absolutely. Like right. There have been games that they've lost this year where they thoroughly outplayed somebody and, and silly bounces went against them and they stacked up. I look at the New Year's Eve game against Winnipeg as a picture-perfect example of that game, uh, of, of a game just like that, where they thoroughly outplayed the other team and they just didn't get the right bounces at the right times and the universe went, went, went against them. And sometimes that's that's just how hockey goes. You know, there you look at the, the little stretch in December that started with a late collapse against Carolina, uh a handful of those losses that they ended up blowing at home were, you know, it wasn't that they played horribly. They, they just would get unlucky yeah. just enough. They couldn't get that one bounce to put the game away. Type exactly. Thing. And then, and then, you know, tonight, even they had all the bounces go against them and it still took a crazy bounce to beat Franco's initially. You know, Francois gave up two goals on 47 shots. 
One of them came off Ian Cole after a puck that popped straight up in the air, just landed on him and bounced in. And like, there's that's not anybody's fault. That's just a bad bounce. The second goal, you can assign blame to basically every av on the ice at a different yeah, point. The 10 seconds leading up to that goal was just terrible hockey it, all the it way was, around. It was just a, and I didn't even know what to say after it. I think I tweeted out, that's just bad hockey. And that, I didn't, I, that was all I could muster up because that second goal for, for Tara Vinen, you know, it's a, it's a soft goal for Francois to give up. It's, it's a soft, uh, it's soft play from the top, again, the top line offensively. Maybe the only guy who I didn't have like a major problem with was Ian Cole. And even then, his shot was the one I think that that got blocked yeah. that that ended up kicking it the other direction, you yep. know. So I think it was I think that was good intention, bad result, but it was just like everything went wrong. Yeah, it just completely fell apart in an instant there, and it went from bad to worse as it ended up being the the game tying goal. But it's a it's and a bit of survived. a right. They survived in hindsight. Who cares? Avs win three two. It's a weird conversation, games like these, for Pavel Francos. You talked about, you know what, that's a pretty weak goal going through his five-hole. At the same time, he makes 45 saves in this game yeah. and gives the Avs a chance to end up winning. Right, and I and I put in, I put in my uh, takeaways from tonight. I said, look, uh, this season, maybe more than any other, has kind of driven me crazy. <laughs> In terms of trying to trying to decipher goaltending and figure out what's good and what's bad, and at this point, I think I'm just kind of on the ride with working train. And you know, Francois Francois was super lucky tonight. He had Svechnikov beat him cleanly on the on the first Carolina power play. Goes off the inside of his uh, beats him five hole and goes off the goes off the post. Uh, Martinuk had a. Uh, deflection that went an inch wide of the net. They had uh, another one early in the game. I don't remember who it was that hit the post and it bounced out. They had one later in the game that hit two posts. Nah, it was only one. Was it? Did it? I, I, I didn't get a. I only saw the live look. I did not get to see yeah. a closer look. It, it only ended up being one on, on the Ajo. official counter. Yeah, it, the official counter. It went off the post, off Francois, and then like. Slide, slid wide okay. of the second post, but but yes, Aho made a a great deflection to to hit one post for sure there. Okay, and then and then it goes because that was the one that went off of off the post, off the back of Franco's, and then skittered yeah. away. Yep, and like that could have just as easily gone into his own net. Like Franco's made forty five saves, he played very well, he got very lucky, and he gave up a soft goal. All of those things were true tonight. And all of that adds up to, I don't know what in the world to make of goaltending. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> it's still like totally voodoo. <laughs> bottom line, you give Frankie the credit. He got him the win. He made 45 saves. I mean, 45 saves. This wasn't like a 22 save night where you're like, Mer. you know, <laughs> yeah. make 45 saves. He definitely carried a load for sure. It's, you just can't take that away from him. However lucky he might have been, whatever. Get, bottom line, got the job done, did well, uh, got the win in a tough environment, in a very tough situation. You know, Colorado has shown that it's going to be able to pick up points against bad teams, even with the compromised lineup that they're playing with. But tonight also showed that, hey, this is all the all the all the the, the doomsayers who keep saying that the Avalanche are going to get smoked in the first round. 
if the abs don't get healthy at all, I, I probably end up agreeing with them because this version of the abs tonight, nowhere near good enough. And it is not going to last long in the postseason. The upside of that is that this version of the avalanche, we just don't see very often. Yeah. You know, uh, being down four, I guess it's only, no, it's still four, three start forwards and a goaltender now. Cadre, uh, uh, Rantanen, Rantanen, and that's it because yeah, Burkowski is back. Yeah, yeah. Burkowski came back tonight and definitely let's he got put up on that top line and he played uh several minutes. Uh, he played 15 minutes tonight and McKinnon played like 23. Landis yeah. played 1950, so there you go. Like Burkowski was back, but he wasn't really back, he was right. back physically, but he's not 100%. Definitely not. So still a lot of room for improvement on the ice, but in the roster as well. We will end period one there, and I will let you guys know about Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. If you listen to this right after it releases, you're doing it wrong because you should be down at the Denver Nuggets watch party drinking a Breck brew with them, which apparently is absolutely insane. Um, I know we said we had a good one, but but word on the street is there's like well over 120 people at that party. So, you know, I I fired up the Periscope that they got going right after our game finished, uh, like their pregame party that they had going on. Yep. It still didn't compare to our playoff watch parties from last year in the same in the same space. um, It's hard to compare because we were up and we were in a different space in the bar. So all I'm going to say is I'm still giving the abs the crown. Oh, oh, easily. This is we're still in warm up mode for the the playoff watch parties that are coming. So right. Nuggets Nuggets fans are just excited because there's enough Nuggets fans finally to have a watch party. <laughs> Got him. No, I'm just kidding. I love the Nuggets. I honestly, I wanted to be there tonight. You and I talked about it that if we could yep. get this done quickly enough, I was going to try and go tonight. But just and then this happen. game didn't end till eight. <laughs> yeah. Well, the third period took 45 minutes, and it was like, yeah. yeah. All right. Well. That's the way she goes. Yeah. But either way, go out, go online, use the Breckenridge beer locator to find yourself some Breck brew. Even if you can't make it out to the watch party, give whatever you like a try, whether it be the avalanche, agave wheat, or the Michael Porter Jr. Vanilla Porter Jr. (laughs) The new one that they've got coming out. Oh yeah. The raspberry infused one. That looks so good. The raspberry nitro vanilla Porter. Yeah. I'm so excited. I've never <laughs> I have never in my life been excited for a beer. This is the first time. Get hyped. Pat yourself on the back, Brick Brew. You got AJ excited for beer. Yep. That's that's a feat in and of itself. We will be back in a second. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by Davidson's Beer Wine and Spirits with Rudo and AJ. AJ is this game confirmation that tornadoes are more dangerous than hurricanes? Hundred um, percent. Right. You're gonna. Well, what was it? Somebody after the game said that a uh, land tornado beats a water tornado. Confirmed every time. <laughs> and uh, as of as of tonight, we have hard proof. We do. I know. I know. It's been a weird year for the National Weather Service, but uh, <laughs> I'm gonna mark it down in sharpie that this is confirmed. It, all right, we have it written down in the DNVR office in Sharpie. Yep. But, uh, when we open up our weather service, get Kale back on the job. That's, that's right. <laughs> it's, 
What was it? What was it? It's snowing or it's very cold out. Yeah. It's very cold. Out. <laughs> <laughs> As he stands in a mound of snow while it's super windy all around him. Yeah. yeah. So uh, good times. Um, I, I think I liked Kale the intern more than I liked Kale the full time employee. Because <laughs> he would do crazy stuff like that. Exactly. Now he has to do actual work. He needed to impress us and now he just has work to do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, either way, Sam Gerrard picks up the game-winning goal, obviously. He also picked up an assist earlier in the game, now sitting at 32 points on the year. You know, obviously, there was the slow parts of the first half of the season for him that were much talked about, and then he had the absurdly hot 11 points in like six games or whatever it was. But he's kind of fallen back into his rhythm now and, and starting to contribute a little bit more consistently for the team. And especially with Kale McCarr picking up his first point in its six games now or something in this game. It's been nice to have Gerard as a bit of a consistent force there. Uh, I looked this up and I put this in takeaways tonight because I was actually curious about this. Um, Sam Gerard, 32 points. Yep. Matt Duchesne, 39 points. Hmm. Well. I, I just thought that was interesting. That's all. It's definitely interesting. Also, I think Alex Newhook has more points than that in NCAA play, of course. But um, He had 36 going into the other day, and I think he had three, so I think he's at 39. So even with Duchesne? Yeah, I think. I, I should double-check that. But... No, you're right. I got it right here. Yeah. Okay. Cool. But trade's not looking too bad. Put it that way. <sighs> yeah, I mean, how many points does Bowen Byram have? Like 50? Like, that oh, guy's a yeah, monster. I, he, the whole second half, Bowen so, Byram I said 50, has... and it's it's more like 40 in his last 10 games, the way he's yeah. going. <laughs> Straight up. He's just been he's... so filthy. Yep. 43 total, but in 44 games. So, pretty good. Either way, uh, that trade is going to turn out pretty well for the Avs, no matter what, at this point, between Gerard and Byram alone. Uh, let alone Shane Bowers going on in there, too. Uh, <laughs> with this game in particular, I thought was interesting, not just Gerard, but the entire defense was very, very aggressive pinching in in the offensive zone. Uh, that's something I've talked about a lot as a way the abs can get by missing a bunch of these forwards. You kind of saw both sides of it. You saw the Avs getting points from their defense. You saw Eric Johnson getting massively, horribly caught on that Kane second goal. So it needs a little bit of balancing. We'll put it that way. But so I, I, I put out on Twitter recently that uh, I was just kind of thinking aloud about the deadline and how the top three central teams all are pretty safely in the postseason. Yeah. Uh, that it would take a big collapse for any three, any of these three teams to miss. And that might be why they decided to pass on big moves and say, yeah, we're good. Um, and I said that the uh, the West, everybody out West is just a collection of flawed teams. And it's just a matter of who minimizes their flaws the best going into the playoffs. Somebody responded to me and said, well, what's Colorado's flaws? And I only mentioned special teams at the time. But I really do think that the other big thing that they have, like the big con right now, is that Colorado lacks the top pairing. They've got two pairings that are very good in certain situations and that play together well, but they aren't like a shutdown top pairing 
hard match Jacob Slavin against Nathan McKinnon kind of pairing. You know, they've they've got Gerard and Johnson and Graves and McCarr that kind of are interchangeable depending on situations and roles. And then they roll out different combinations based on different situations, uh, as we saw with the Cole Johnson uh, pairing that just ended up giving up the Cole Gansd. But that's kind of one of the other flaws that I see for Colorado is that the true top pairing just isn't quite there yet. As much as we think it will be in the very near future between Byram, Gerard, and McCarr, they've got to be able to find one, right? Like, yeah, that's coming. But today, they're deeper than they are. Um, they're, they're kind of the opposite of their forward core, where the forward core has that really high-end talent, but then there's pretty good depth. Uh, it's it's better depth than high end talent right now on that defense, right? Very much defense by committee. Where oh, you're going up against Connor McDavid. Okay, maybe Zadorov steps up and plays a bit more to shut him down this game. Or all right, you're going up against a team that's weak on the forward covering back, so you mm-hmm. play turn and burn or or whatever. It right. it is very situational, as you said. They, um, they have a lot of mix and match opportunities um, yeah. to, to kind of pick spots, but they don't just have that one pairing that they can just drop the hammer late in games. Right. And, and not say, worry about, yeah. we're playing these guys for the last minute and 50 seconds. No change, no messing around, no getting cute. These are our horses that we're going out to say we're going to block shots. We're going to get in passing lanes. We're going to make your life just miserable. And they don't really have that yet. They don't. It very likely is coming with Bowen Byram, but it's not yeah. here yet, certainly. Right. And, and Byram isn't going to be a number one D this second he drops into the NHL either. Right. I mean, like, Kale McCarr has been, uh, uh, he's had a historic rookie season. Um, and I think we kind of lose sight of that because of the whole Hughes McCarr thing, that there's two of them doing it at the same time. But these yeah. These two kids are putting up historic rookie seasons. Uh, for defensemen, and it's not fair to expect Byram to just drop in and do the exact same thing. That would be silly, uh, especially um, because I think Byram will be a more defensive-oriented NHLer than Makar is. Yeah, definitely will be, at least on the abs. Yeah. So it's it's just kind of the way that role is going to work out. But it it's an interesting situation, to say the least, because sometimes you're going to get nights like you got tonight out of Zadorov where yeah. he just can't keep himself out of the box and it's something you're going to have to live with. On the other hand, he 100% saved a goal helping Pavel Francos with a puck that he lost underneath him. So there are the, the pros and cons of the Avs defensemen right now, and you just have to live with them. Definitely. Uh, it's, it's an imperfect group, um, but it's, it's solid. And, you know, I'm, I had someone hit me up during the game. I was like, Cole's a negative two. And it was just like, man, that's a myopic way to look at it. Just because, I, uh, I mean, yeah. what does what does Ian Cole do wrong on the first goal? You know, he boxes yeah. this guy out of the net. That guy, uh, Svechnikov, doesn't have a chance to do anything. It's just yeah. a, it's a puck that lands on him that nobody knew where it was. It popped up in the air and it lands on him. It goes into the net. And, you know, the Avs were due a couple of bad breaks like that. And they were certainly due a few more tonight than they got. Yep. And to, to, to pull two points out of this, 
this is already uh, a successful back-to-back, no matter what happens tomorrow night. Exactly. But yeah, it's just, Graves was a plus one tonight. I didn't think he played particularly well. You know, he had the three icings in a row at the end of the game or whatever it was. I didn't mind that. You know what? I don't mind that. I don't mind the guy going for the net one bit. I have zero problem with that. Just, Just my personal feeling, it does not bother me. Fair enough. If if it doesn't bother you, it doesn't. That because if he hits it, the game's over. I and, I understand that, but and I, I just think that that's a fair trade. Like, there's a punishment for going for it. They retired. They couldn't get fresh guys onto the ice. But if he hits it, it's game over. Like that's that's such a good balance of the push and pull of icing that I have no problem with that. I guess my my philosophy on it is you go for it once, and if you miss, then you got to back it off a little bit. If you go for it twice, you better hit it the second time. Otherwise, you're in trouble. And he did not hit it, obviously. It he was really close it. both times. He did. And he did, but close don't count. It, it, 100%. I understand. Unless you're playing horseshoes and grenades, I know. But I, the mindset, I don't have any. I don't have, I don't have a problem with Frankie going for it and hitting Sebastian Ajo in the chest. I mean, goalie ones get a little bit of a pass. I'll give you that. <laughs> like, I don't have, I don't have any, I don't have any, no bones about that either. The aggressive attitude of let's let's try and win the game. You know, you know what? If Nathan McKinnon hadn't been playing like horse pucky, then you know he probably would have ended this. He probably would have ended it with forty seconds to go. Yep, they. He had. Multiple opportunities, but he was just sort of floating around out there. And, you know, I don't know how you have that conversation with him. Uh, he's a guy that is veteran enough to know better and to know that that's not his best effort. But either Landeskog or maybe one of the assistant coaches needs to just kind of tap him on the shoulder and be like, if you're going to be out on the ice in that situation, we need better from you. You know, just because he's Nathan McKinnon doesn't mean he's immune to criticism and he's above all that. And that was a situation where they absolutely needed him to elevate and to overcome what had been kind of a poor night overall. Uh, And he just, he couldn't get himself to that other level. And it was disappointing for me to see. Yeah. I mean, the, the stories have been swirling about how Nathan McKinnon is in a slump right now. And, this makes it now one goal in his last nine games, which is underperforming for him. It just is. You have to take it in context there. He's still getting points here and there, picking up assists. That's great, but he's not been the dominant Nathan McKinnon that he was in the first half. No, um, and, and really it's just the finishing. You know, he had one tonight where the puck, it, it was perfect, right? And it just caught Forsberg like, on the yeah. top of his mask. Yeah. And you're talking about, and uh, I think the game was 2 nothing at that point. It was either 2 nothing or 2-1. Um, it was 2 nothing because 2-1 was Nachushkin. Um, it was 2 nothing, and if he buries that, we're talking about, oh, Nathan McKinnon is a closer, and, you know, superstars end games, and that's, that's what they needed, is they needed that third goal to push you over the finish line and blah, 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 right? Like, all the superlatives that we regularly lay at his feet. And he was half an inch from beating Anton Forsberg for that goal. And, you know, sometimes that's life. Like, they were half an inch from scoring five goals on Frankie tonight. 
Yep. So, so. you know, you can't, you can't get too upset about the half inch one way and when you get him another, right? Like, but it's fine. But with McKinnon, it is, it is, it's downright weird to see him struggle because this was the year he had put the consistency together and he wasn't going multiple games without scoring. And now it's, it's getting to be a little long for him to, that he's he's feeling the certainly the goal scoring struggle. Yeah. Hey, if the abs can win when McKinnon isn't scoring, you know they're dangerous. And that's what they've been doing. So that's kind of a positive way to look at it. We're gonna get out of here for this second period, though. And as you know, hockey players, particularly some on the abs, uh, those being Eric Johnson, Andre Burakovsky this season. They need dentists a lot of the time, and Green Mountain Dental Group is the place to go. They are in Lakewood, and they're the best family-owned dentist in the metro area. They're extreme Colorado sports fans, just like all of us as well, so be sure to give them a little bit of support with that. And all you have to do is schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, and you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush when you head on down there. They are a longtime partner of us here at DNVR, and they're just 15 minutes from downtown as well. So extremely easy to get to. Once again, they just want you to take care of your teeth to get that free Sonicare toothbrush. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's with Rudo and AJ. We've had a lot of content lately about Vlad Nemesnikov, AJ. He got his first assist officially after the fact in a Navs jersey on Sam Gerrard's goal. What? Yep. They added him as the secondary assist. I literally have that box score pulled up. When did they put that in there? Uh, Maybe 15 minutes ago. I'm not sure. My gosh. But he's gotten his first point as an Av. He's heard too because he poked that puck to Landy. Definitely was was involved in the play anyway. um, He also got some PK time throughout the night as well. Minute 51. His time on ice was up a bit from last night, but not too, too much. What are your impressions of him so far since everyone's already heard mine? Um, Intelligence is the thing that I think really stands out for me, uh, because if you watch the uh, you watch the Gerard goal uh, that they the, the game winner. You watch uh, Nemestikov plays a role in this. You know, he he backhands that puck back down low and then goes to support Landeskog and pokes helps poke that puck to Landeskog. Uh, Slavin loses his stick. And then the other part that I really, really like here is that uh, when Gerard goes to shoot it, Nemestikov goes to the back door and puts a stick down. And this is important for a couple of reasons. One, it keeps Slavin, who's trying to recover, from coming all the way across to try and make a desperation shot block or any of that, right? It keeps it keeps that defender posted up on the back door. And then uh, the other one is that it just pulls that goalie just a little bit. He feels that guy there and maybe pulls him over to the left just enough that he was able to pick that spot up high on the right. And that's all because Nemestikov stopped on the back door, but not in front. He wasn't trying to screen the goalie. He keeps the shooting lane open for Gerard, and he keeps the defender from going out and blocking the shot or contesting it with a stick uh, because he stopped on the far end, on the back post, uh, in, in case Gerard wanted to make that pass. And that's just hockey IQ. It's a re- It would have been really easy for him 
to just go lumbering in front of the net and just stand there and and try to provide a screen or get a tip or whatever. And he didn't. He didn't make it complicated. He just made a good, smart decision to to provide an avenue for Gerard if he wanted it. Gerard didn't. Gerard went bar down. Game. Yeah, I think that's a perfect example. His hockey IQ off the puck is very, very, very high. He understands where to go when on the ice to help his teammates create the best play possible. And the Avs are an extremely talented team. They don't have a ton of guys that are very, very smart off the puck. A lot of it is just having your main creator on any given line create, and you go from there. Creating off the puck is a different skill. It's a good point, and it's it's true. Uh, but, you know, hockey, we've talked a lot about hockey IQ in this team, and uh, he has brought an element already just in these couple of games. And I think uh, combined with him and Martin Kaut, uh, another really yep. smart hockey player, yep. you're seeing that these guys can grind out shifts and that they make intelligent plays offensively and defense- defensively. Yeah, they're both very, very smart at reading plays, whatever you want to call it. Cout mm-hmm. uh, played almost 12 minutes tonight as well. He got the power play time on that hodgepodge second unit, mm-hmm. which is definitely still a little weird. But it, we'll see how things develop now. They had Burakovsky playing on the second unit for a lot of the night. Um, it's just a weird one, the, how they manage the power play right now. They went over 3 on the night. I if you follow me on Twitter, I'm sure you saw me beating that horse once again that they could have ended this game with a power play goal. They played like crap on the power play. It before, was bad. Before they ever even got to the systemic issues that have pro, that have issues, they never even got set up enough tonight because they just played like crap. Yep. And when I say that they have execution problems, tonight was a perfect example. Uh, yeah. they. I Do you even call that execution? They couldn't even get the engine started on that I mean, one. McKinnon and McCarr basically running into each other, trying to figure out which one of them is supposed to take the puck for the yeah. zone entry is just like, like that's not Ray Bennett's not out there running into anybody. Like that's those guys, right? They have eyeballs. They yeah. know how to skate. Like, <laughs> like that's those guys out there just not making this work. And if there's one thing that's, I think, hard to criticize, it's honestly the the zone entry on the power play is consistently solid. When it's executed yep. well, it's it's drawn up well. It it's it works. It's easy enough. They've got the per, it's 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 tailored to their personnel that they can do it over and over and over. And tonight it just looked like crap, man. It was just a bad unit. It just looked like crap. But not not getting into another let's smash on the uh, the, yeah. the power play conversation because there's not really anything new to say about it other than it played like crap tonight uh i do think that this was Cout's worst game so far and that i think is encouraging because we got an idea of what the floor is going to look like for him and it was still effective yep i'm i'm with you on that one uh the last two games i think it's becoming a very very clear he's going to stay in the lineup over kamenev at this point he has to, man. At least over Kamenev, he has to. I can understand Matt Calvert comes back and it's like, come on. You can't keep the kid in the lineup over him. But yeah. Vlad Kamenev has played his way probably out of a contract. Yeah, it's been a rough couple of games for Kamenev. And unfortunately, he's not going to get many more chances, if any, at this point. So 
that's one where you look at the points and you just disregard it because you look at the, he got an assist last game and that's great, but he didn't do a whole lot. And he even got benched in that game. He probably should have gotten benched in this one too. He did not play well and he has not played well for a, a handful of games now. Yep. It's, it's unfortunate, but someone who has played well over the last handful of games, as we stop beating around the bush here, Tyson Jost, Gets off of the goal scoreless stride, picks up two on the night. The first one, an absolute beauty. And then the second one, he made it work through the five holes. So you take (laughs) it. The second one is the bounce he hasn't had for four months. Right, exactly. Like the break he hasn't been able to get. It's funny how he gets one immediately (laughs) after he just straight burns a goaltender. Yeah, And it was like the universe was like, all right, I guess we're done. I guess this is over. No more picking on this kid. We will move on to the entire Carolina roster. (laughs) And, and then like this, cause the second goal, he just whiffs on, like he just whiffs on it gets lucky. It goes in, you know, when you, when you drive the net and you take the puck to the net, that's stuff that happens. Yep. And cause goalies are scrambling around. They're opening up the legs, boop, popped it right in there. All good, man. Made it look easy. Sure. Looked excited. And, I have to say the gift going around of JT Comfort giving him the little the little arm punch, the little attaboy yeah, the on the bench. On the, yeah. I just want to say from a chemistry standpoint, like that's why you don't deal Jost at the deadline unless it's like something legitimate. Sure. Because just- that's a that's a very well liked player in your room that everyone is pulling for when he has success. It's gonna lift everybody up. It's going to, it's going to, you know, you bring in a guy that you don't know to, to kind of play a similar role. And there isn't that chemistry. There isn't that rapport. There isn't that playing for each other, you know, pulling for, for, for Joe's to have the same kind of success, you know, and to see him get that. And I think, I think as telling was the teammates reaction, uh, that the that hype kind was of, real. Yeah. That that reminds you, like, these guys are close. It's a tight-knit group. Uh, and when you're talking about trying to make a playoff run, it matters. Right. The, his teammates want him to score as bad as everyone else does. So yeah. Absolutely. Maybe, maybe more than a lot of people, if we're being honest. Um, so yeah, very nice for Joe's to break through. It's oh, this they needed that effort of from the abs of finding guys who just are going to put the puck in the back of the net. It hasn't been the top line. So it's been JT Comfer. It's been Tyson Jost. It's been Martin Kaut. These guys are getting the job done right now. And this is what NHL teams are made of right here. You want to go deep in a playoff run. You need to win games like this. Yeah. You've got, I mean, you're going to win a division. This is the difference between a 98-point team and a 90-point team. Yep. Pulling out a game just like this. And you remember 90 uh, 90 points last year? That's what they had when they went into the postseason. It is. They now currently sit at 83 points. Even more remarkable is that they surpassed their win total from last season. They have more wins than they did last season and far fewer overtime losses as well. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, you know, the other thing, first tiebreaker is regulation wins. And they have 
everyone in the West beat in that yep. category. And with Cushion, they've got four on St. Louis, and they <laughs> have eight on Dallas. Yep. So when you're talking about a, a team that's just beating people, it's Colorado. And you you also look, I mean, Colorado leads the West in uh, goals scored as well. Dallas is the is the leader in uh, goal suppression, but number two is Colorado. There's only a six goal difference between Dallas and the Avs now in goals against. And the Avs are not quite double, but pretty close. The next closest team in differential being St. Louis. Avs are plus forty eight. St. Mm-hmm. Louis is plus twenty eight. Yep. I mean they they have to put themselves in position where they should have every tiebreaker advantage if this thing stays close. Yep. They just have to keep finding ways to win. They just have to keep finding ways to win. Man, it sounds so easy when you say it like that. <laughs> well, we've, I mean, we've looked at their schedule. You know, we've talked yep. about this. Uh, coming into this week, the seven of their final 21 games were against teams currently in, uh, in playoff spots. You know, and that's now seven of 19. It's true. So. Which goes to tell you the, how good the East is if, that Carolina team might miss the postseason. My yeah, gosh, that uh, that's a good the hockey team. Pretty nuts. I mean, that's they have a plus twenty five goal differential. Like that's a good hockey team, straight up. So we'll see. We'll see. The Avs definitely have put themselves in as good a situation as they could here. They still probably have at least a week and a half, not two weeks, before we see guys start returning to the lineup, though. So they need to keep it up. Good news is they basically get a free roll here against Nashville because they took down this win against Carolina. They win tomorrow. I mean, you're feeling ultra sexy. Yep. You're, I mean, you're, you're, you know, <laughs> you're just, you're just laughing at that point. You're okay. Now, now all you have to do is avoid the big letdown because tomorrow, tomorrow is going to matter a whole lot for the hosts. You know, Nashville tied with Winnipeg. Uh, they've got games in hand uh, on basically everybody. A um, win jumps them over Calgary. It's, yeah. Yeah, they are very, very motivated. We'll put it that way. Yeah, and we're likely to see the Avalanche debut of Michael Hutchinson tomorrow. Given that Frankie made 45 saves in this one, I would think so. Yeah, I uh, I thought, you know, if they have a super low event game like the one they had in Boston, maybe. Yep. But 45 saves? Nope. It's a touch tomorrow. <laughs> no chance. Yeah. I, I just wouldn't even mess. This is exact. This is exactly why you got him. Like, this is what it was for. Just do it. Give if you, Frankie the break. You, you cannot lose to Detroit. Yep. Straight up. It's very simple on paper what the abs have to do. And now they just got to go out there and do it, basically. Uh, Final thoughts here, AJ. Great win. Uh, ugly win. Got outplayed. Uh, got the lion's share of luck. That's sports sometimes. Hockey is cruel in both ways. When it works your in your favor, you don't apologize for it. You take it. There you go. We'll leave it at that. Thank you, as always, for listening. This is our Friday show, so we likely will be off for the weekend, barring anything crazy happening. So we will talk to you all on Monday.
InWego is the monthly membership for doing things. By things, I mean sports, events, concerts, conventions, you name it. InWego can get you to most anything here in and around Denver. InWego members get tickets easily, and you can set up for a free month of their service when you go through and use code DNVR. That's a $45 value that you get free. Be sure to get on it and do it while you can. Just remember to let them know about us here at DNVR and use code DNVR to get that free month. DNVR Avalanche with Hayfully and Rudo. DNVR Avalanche with Hayfully and Rudo. Strawbercraft Coffee is the CBD-infused coffee that you can purchase in K-Cups, Keurig, K-Cup, dip, 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 nope. It's where you get your coffee. That's what you do. <laughs> and then send the caffeine boost in the cake cups. <laughs> okay. I think you should put this at the end of the show. Oh, definitely. This is staying in. 